What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's happening, Stochastic Baseball fans? Terry McBride here. Welcome to the MLB Strategy Show for, what is today, Tuesday? I think it's Tuesday, the 20th, something like that. We've got 11 games on deck. We've got a 55-minute show. I think there's a football show coming up after us. So I'm not going to chew up a lot of time like I normally do talking and meandering all over the place. I'm going to kind of kick it over to my pal Adam Scherer here and uh, have him fill in all the blanks, do all the analysis here for us, and we'll get through this one nice and quick. Adam, how's your day going so far? How'd your Monday go? Uh, it's going pretty well. Uh, Monday was was fine. Um, came out a little bit ahead in, in football, lost a little bit in, in baseball, but uh, – Breaking evens a win, so that was nice. For sure, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was saying before the show, uh, it was kind of like a uh, losing day for me until I uh, crept up to third in baseball yesterday with a lineup that had JD Davis in it, who did not start his game, got one pinch hit appearance late, and didn't make contact. Struck out on uh, I think three pitches, so uh, managed to get there with a, uh, a zero in my lineup and save my day. But uh, it was a weird one yesterday for me. Definitely tank football, but we'll get into uh, all the stuff about today's baseball slate. You guys, like I said, 11 games on deck. We've got a course field game, all kinds of good stuff to talk about. So hit the like, hit the subscribe for us, helps us out a lot. Make sure that you get all the notifications about our DFS offers or giveaways, much, much more. Once you subscribe, hit the notification link so that you get the alerts when all these shows like today go live. Uh, make sure to check out the free premium tools and content over at the, sh- at the site, which is the top stacks for baseball and the top golfers for PGA, two great tools. And and uh, presumably you're all still playing MLB DFS because you're here at 10 in the morning to watch the strategy show. So if you're playing the night slates on DraftKings, everything's 100% free for the rest of the season. It's a great way to check out the tools and all the uh, paid content behind the paywall uh, for totally for free and makes make your, help you make your decision for next year. So click the DK Night Owl link below. Check out tonight's tools and projections. That got a little clunky toward the end there. Let's dive into this thing. Oh, we're brought to you by uh, Prize Picks today. So uh, definitely, we'll talk a little bit more about Prize Picks. We've also got our uh, BetMGM promo going, guys. If you haven't taken advantage of that yet, I just want to mention it here at the top. It's the ten dollar on any money line. If a team scores a touchdown, you get two hundred dollars automatically. So basically, they're giving you two hundred dollars to put ten dollars in your account over at BetMGM. So make sure you check that out. We'll talk about that again later in the show. Let's dive in. Let's talk some baseball. Adam, first game up on the board that I've got here, the Pittsburgh Pirates coming into the Bronx to face my New York Yankees. Pittsburgh with Luis Ortiz on the hill. Yanks answering back with Nestor Cortez. I'm much more interested in one of these pitchers than I am the other. I imagine you're seeing it the same way, but uh, talk to me about the pitchers in this one. Yeah, obviously a good spot for Cortez. Uh, 2.7 implied run total for the Pirates is really nice. Still a pretty expensive price tag on Cortez uh, for a pitcher with, you know, around a 25% strikeout percentage this year, 26% strikeout percentage, but good enough pitcher, 3.7 XFIP, allowing about a home run per nine innings. We have him with about a 24% chance of being a top two pitcher, 30% ownership projection. So nothing really 
to see there, you know, ownership about where it should be probably. So uh, just a good spot for him. Feels like somebody that I really infrequently roster because he's like always on slates with a bunch of, of aces, but here uh, not quite the case, or I guess at least like Cease is really expensive and he's the one guy that has like much, much better strikeout stuff. So I think it's gonna be a little bit easier to get to Cortez today than it normally is. Yeah, it looks like a day where he's going to come up pretty playable. And I just, I love the matchup. I've been attacking the Pirates with pitching all year long. And then on the FanDuel slate, he's drawing only single-digit ownership, 8.9% at a $9,500 price tag. That's pretty affordable. Everybody is relatively affordable, except for Cease, who's at 10-6. So I think that on the FanDuel slate in particular, that's kind of interesting given that ownership spot. Uh, any love for Luis Ortiz for any reason as a uh, discount dandy like DK side of things going up against the Yanks here? Uh, I don't think so. Not on a slate of this size against the Yankees. Just doesn't seem like a spot that you're really going to need to get to. Yeah, it doesn't seem like. So uh, Yankees bats going up against him on the other side. Are they on the board for you? Getting a little bit healthier, a little bit improved version of this lineup with Rizzo coming back. Stanton uh, maybe coming around a little bit. So they're filling out the lineup a little bit. Harrison Bader in there. What do you think of the Yankees today? Yeah, and it's a course field slate, so naturally you're just going to have a little bit less ownership on the Yankees than you typically would here. We have them projected for 7% chance of being the top stack, 6% ownership. So uh, that looks good to me. Uh, like you said, getting a little bit healthier, getting Rizzo back. That does, it's like an interesting balance with this lineup because when they get healthier, they get really expensive. And when they're not healthy, they're not very good outside of Judge, but they're also cheap. So uh, they do get a little bit more expensive with Rizzo. You also get some power slash stolen base upside with Bader coming back, you know, kind of not the best hitter in terms of production, but he does have skills that translate to fantasy points. So uh, he becomes an interesting option at 2,600 as well towards the bottom of the order if you need to save some salary. Yeah, definitely interesting down there. It's going to be interesting if they get him and Ben Intendi ever in a lineup together. I'm not sure if Benny's going to make it back for the playoffs or what, but uh, in 264 plate appearances, 15 stolen bases, five homers for uh, for Harrison Bader. So definitely not nothing fantasy-wise worth getting to. Any love for the Pirates uh, going up against a lefty? They get a little bit frisky from time to time around some of the righty bats like Michael Chavis in that lineup, Brian Reynolds. But any love for going to like a stack or is it just picking off like some one-offs where you get them? Maybe just grabbing one offs where you get them. I mean, it's nice getting in the Yankee Stadium, but uh, that's typically going to play up left-handed power a little bit more. And you have, you know, the lefty Cortez, so that's not really ideal. One twenty-two expected ISO to righties. One twenty-one the lefties. You have the really uh, cheap price tag on Chavis on Castro, but I think there's just going to be plenty of spots other than the Pirates to get to on this slate. Yeah, I agree. I don't really need to get there, but uh, if a couple of them came up as uh, super cheap value guys, maybe I don't take them out of my lineups. Let's move along to another You have, uh, I saw somebody mention it in chat. And so Cortez, 58 and then 65 pitches his last two times out. I'm assuming he's throwing like 75. Uh, I don't have any pitch count on him. I didn't, I didn't look up anything, but uh, Boone's had a quick hook with him. I, I watched that last start and I, I forget what it was. It was the fifth inning, I think. And he just got put two guys on base and Booney hooked them a little bit quick. So he came out for the sixth last time? He came out. I forget whether it was the fifth or the sixth. So he 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 pitched five innings last game. Okay, I just don't so know yeah, if, then, then so he, like five then he plus came two out in the middle of the sixth. Okay, yeah, because he also like he had not pitched from August twenty first to September eighth. So I'm assuming he was sort of on some sort of of pitch count there. Anyway, the Yankees aren't playing for anything. I do think right. that's a little bit concerning. That yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, it was fifty eight and sixty five. So yeah, if he's seventy five pitches, that definitely would shave the upside at the uh, at the price. That's a good. Very good call out by uh, whoever mentioned it in chat. Good pickup by you. Let's uh, jump down the board here. We'll talk uh, Tigers and Orioles. 
Tigers with Joey Wentz on the mound. Lefty, uh, not much to see in my opinion there, but uh, maybe you're seeing him a little bit differently going up against the Orioles. Austin Voth answering back for the Orioles, very cheap. 20% strikeout rate going against, up against the Tigers. Is there anything there with either one of these pitchers, um, more particularly Voth going up against the Tigers? Yeah, I think Voth's somewhat interesting. He's been solid since joining the Orioles. They fixed a lot of stuff with him. Um, I he, He's kind of been like yanked around recently, working out of the bullpen some. He only threw 17 pitches last time out. But prior to that, on September 9th, he had thrown 88 pitches. I think it's likely that he can get you five innings or so here. Uh, as a starter, with which is basically his time with the Orioles, 21.4% strikeout percentage, 4.2 XFIP. He's cheap. He's getting about 9% ownership. We have him with the seventh highest chances of being a top two pitcher as well. So really, I think looks like a pretty solid value here. Yeah, and just that matchup, it's another spot where, you know, I'll, I'll happily take a mediocre pitcher even against this Tigers team, and the price looks right, the ownership looks right, so it seems like a good value spot. Um, any love for the Orioles' bats going up against Joey Wentz here? I assume no Joey Wentz? Uh, yeah, no Joey Wentz for me. I, I do still have some interest in the Orioles. Obviously, they tried to get no hit yesterday by Tyler Alexander, which is really impressive, but you still have plenty of right-handed power in this lineup. You have a pitcher in Wentz who... Um, I don't expect to be particularly good right now. You have a five implied run total for the Orioles. Uh, so, you know, Camden Yards doesn't play up to right-handed power anymore, which does hurt them against left-handed pitching. But you have a cheap price tag on Hayes. Mountcastle's reasonably priced. Everybody basically five through nine, Urias, Aguilar, McKenna, if he's in, Henderson, Mateo, they're all reasonably priced. So I still think there's a lot of upside in this lineup. It's just not the ideal side of the split because of the – wall in left field and also because Adley Rutschman has hit much better from the left side than the right side so you're getting him on his weak side you're getting a 380 foot wall to the pole side so it's not the ideal platoon split especially in Camden Yards but I think it is still a high upside offense yeah definitely a, an offense and a matchup that I like but I agree the park factors are, are a little bit of a concern in that spot and they're getting like appropriate ownership, I think, for the situation. So if I'm around the field, I think I'm pretty happy. I don't know that I'll get overly aggressive. Uh, any Tigers coming back the other way against uh, against both here? I don't hate it with like Riley Green, Kerry Carpenter, but not really a spot that I'm looking to get to. Um, yeah. Again, it's the Tigers. They're really bad. Both allowed a 170 expected ISO to lefties this year, 153 to righties. That's including his time with Washington when he was clearly worse than he is now. Um, but, you know, it's kind of the the normal story with the Tigers, I think. Riley Green's good. Kerry Carpenter's got power. If Eric Haas is in the lineup, he's got power for a catcher. You know, Baez has some upside. Reyes is cheap. But uh, realistically, it's not a team that I expect to get a lot of. Yeah, that's kind of the bucket they always fall in. And then uh, you get nights like last night where that doesn't necessarily work out and uh, not being on them. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like if my, if my choices are Tigers or uh, or Pirates, I'll take the Tigers. But with Fair. nine other games on the slate, I'm probably just going to end up elsewhere. Yeah. And just with pricing the way it is these days, too, we just don't seem to need to go to these value teams all, right. that, uh, all that often. All right, so let's move on to the next one. Uh, we'll do one more, then we'll take care of some business here. We've got the Nationals with Patrick Corbin looking like a big target to me on this one, going up against the Braves. Braves answering back with Charlie Morton. Charlie's drawing a ton of ownership on both sites, but deservedly so in a great spot against the Nats. Um, any reason to roster Pat Corbin here, and, or is it just all about the Atlanta bats? And then just pick up and uh, talk about Charlie Morton. Yeah, I don't really see a reason to get to Corbin in this matchup. He has pitched better recently, and he is somebody that I've, 
basically said all season long that while I don't think he's good anymore and his contract is one of the worst in baseball, he's also not as bad as his season long numbers suggest. He's got an ERA like over six, yeah, 6.1 ERA for the season, 4.13 XFIP, 4.87 FIP. Uh, so still not a very good pitcher, only an 18% strikeout percentage, but I really don't think he's as bad as those numbers suggest. Um, and he is somebody that I've been rostering at cheap price tags. Uh, fairly frequently, but I don't think this is a spot even at 5,500 that I'll get to too much of him against the Braves. Just a lot of right-handed bats, a lot of power uh, against righties this year, an 18.5% strikeout percentage, 240 expected ISO, 396 expected Woba. Um, so it's just really, really difficult, even at that cheap price tag, to want to get to Corbin here, I think. Yeah, all that power upside for the Braves is really what I'm looking at. It's shining through pretty well in my home run model here. And, uh, you know, I agree that Corbin has been better than the surface numbers might indicate with that XFIP most particularly, but there is still a 3.96% home run rate, a 45.3% hard hit, and 11.1% barrel in there. So the premium contact for him is still an issue, I think. Yeah, um, for like from a DFS bad. standpoint with him, it's more so when he's facing mediocre to bad teams mm-hmm. and he's cheap and low-owned, I actually like playing him. Yeah. But uh, this is none of – well, he's cheap. That, that low <laughs> Right, but uh, yeah, yeah. the the bad team part doesn't apply. Yeah, for sure. And, and look, the Braves are a team that people can find strikeouts against, but I just see them hanging a few runs on him here, so it wouldn't be a spot for me. But yeah, Corbin has spiked a couple upside games and has been you know somewhat valuable in uh, in spots. What about the Morton side of this? He's drawing nearly fifty percent ownership at nine thousand on DK, pushing twenty five percent at ninety two hundred on Fanduel. Presumably, you're going to want some. Are you going to be above around the field? Where you what are you thinking with Corbin? Yeah, I think there's a few things to like about Morton here. Um, One, the matchup against the Nats is solid. Two, a $9,000 price tag is very reasonable on him. Three, the same thing we talked about with Cortez. Um, There's just not a bunch of aces on this slate. You have Dylan Cease, but he's $2,000 more expensive. Luis Castillo um, obviously looks great against Oakland, but he's getting even more ownership than Morton. But one other thing is the Braves are still um, playing for, for stuff. Uh, they well, I guess they, they have the wild card locked up, but they're only a game behind the Mets for the National League East. Mm-hmm. So this is a team where you don't need to be particularly concerned. I don't think about the leash on Charlie Morton. You know, like with the Yankees, we talked about Cortez being in his third start back, and then also the Yankees don't have anything locked up, but they have a five and a half game lead on September twentieth in the division. Um, they probably will err on the side of caution with Cortez, all things equal. Um, for Morton, if he's pitching well, there's no reason to think he's going to you know, be taken out any earlier than he normally would. So that gives me a little bit more confidence in him as well. Yeah, I like the ability to, to pitch deep into this game. Definitely an upside spot against these Nationals, and we've seen him hit the, hit upside quite frequently. Knowing that you're not rostering Pat Corbin, but you've got a little bit of healthy respect for him, how much of the Braves are you going to? It does look like they're drawing a lot of popularity on both sites. Are you stacking Braves bats against Corbin in some spots here, or are you kind of uh, just letting the field have them? Yeah, I think it's a good spot to get to. I think the team ownership's a little bit misleading on them because Ronald Acuna is projected for 24%, and he obviously deserves that. Um, Swanson's at 17. After that, Austin Riley, 11. William Contreras, 10. Every other hitter in their lineup is projected for 5% ownership or less. So I think they're just really easy to use in a variety of ways, whether you're stacking another team, like a low-owned team, and mixing in Acuna because he's one of the best projected plays. That works. Or if you want to go five-man stack, mix in the left-handed Olsen, mix in, you know, D'Arno and Instead of Contreras, that's a really easy way to, to pivot. Mix in a 4% owned Vaughn Grissom as some value. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways to get to this team that don't require you know a lot of really popular bats. 
Yep, absolutely. And Olsen is one of those guys that's firmly on that list of lefties that the field seems to go away from in lefty lefty for not really any real good reason for his career. Lefty lefty 226 ISO 119 WRC plus. It's not quite as good as his 262 against righties and 133 WRC plus. But I'll still take those numbers from a power hitter like Olsen when he drops down to 5% ownership in this spot just because he's facing a lefty. So, yeah, sign me up for that. And then this is another lineup that I like to get to the bottom end because people leave them on the shelf. There's a lot of decent bats down there, decent veteran bats, depending on which configuration you get of this lineup. And they come up cheap and under-owned a lot. So, yeah, top to bottom, I'll be getting to the Braves here. Any love for the Nats? Some of those oddball power hitters in there? Any one-offs or anything like that on the Nats side? Or just kind of a pass against a good pitcher? Yeah, I mean, nothing that really stands out. Um, Morton has had more issues with left-handed power than right-handed power this year. 182 expected ISO to lefties compared to 138 to righties. There is not a single left-handed power hitter on the Nats. You have Luis <laughs> Garcia, you have C.J. Abrams. Do what you want. Um, yeah, it, it just sets up, you know, if, if I happen to, in 150 lineups, randomly get, like, Lane Thomas somewhere, then obviously that, that's whatever. But uh, it doesn't strike me as a team that I'm going to be getting to. Yep, and Luis Garcia is not pitching for Houston today, so I won't accidentally be getting a bunch of shares of Luis Garcia. The infielder pulled into my lineups that I have to scramble with right before lock and fix, which was a pain in the ass yesterday. So usually I just take him out of the pool when I forgot to do that yesterday. And one day I'll figure out a way to fix that in my sorting table here. But let's knock out some business real quick. Uh, let's see what we've got to talk about here. Stochastic Plus with promo code MLB Strategy Show. MLB Strategy Show, all caps, all one word. Plug that in. You're going to get 50% off your first week of any weekly package if you're a new Stochastic subscriber. So that includes the Platinum Plan, and the Platinum Plan is the one that includes NFL, MLB, NBA when that starts up, NHL, PGA, NASCAR, every single thing that we cover at the site, every single tool, everything except for Fantasy Cruncher, which is always a paid add-on to any plan that you're getting. But that's all included in the Platinum Plan. If you only want baseball, you can jump on the baseball only plan. Same promo code, same same savings, 50% off your first week. So get over there, check it out. Join Stochastic Plus today. That promo code one more time, MLB Strategy Show, all one word, all caps. Plug that in, save some money, and uh, check out the tools, guys. I'm confident you're going to like them. We are going to Milwaukee. New York Mets, Carlos Carrasco on the hill, taking on the Brewers with Aaron Ashby, the lefty answering back. Um, not getting an ownership projection. I got to check what Ashby's ownership is uh, in, in our model and why he's not coming up here. But Carrasco not really getting much attention on either side at all at, you know, relatively high price on DK, fair price, I think, on FanDuel. Any love for uh, Carrasco here? And then uh, what about Aaron Ashby? Yeah, I mean, for Carrasco, I think it's an okay spot. You do have some strikeouts in uh, the Milwaukee lineup, but uh, he's also expensive. So that's an issue at 10,400. Like it's just tough to pay $1,300 more for Carrasco in Milwaukee than for Luis Castillo in Oakland or for Charlie Morton against the Nats. He is getting uh, a lot less ownership, but um, outside of, you know, just maybe core stacks where you need to save some ownership or something. I think it's pretty tough to get there for Ashby on the other side, uh, coming back from the injured list. He's not expected to go too deep into this game. I do expect that we get a really bad lineup from the Mets, but um, actually I guess probably not. They, they clinched the playoffs, but not the division. So I take that back. Um, but either way, for Ashby, I don't expect him to go deep enough to yeah. be playable at 8,500. Okay. Um, as far as uh, Carrasco on the FanDuel slate, fifth most expensive pitcher behind Cease, Castillo, Cortez, and Charlie Morton. Um, so out of the talented, you know, upside pitchers, maybe outside of like an Adam Wainwright uh, in my mind as I'm looking down this list, I think he's he's pretty sneakily valuable over there at 9,100 and just drawing under 1% ownership. That's yeah, I don't really, really get why he's only getting 1% ownership there. Yeah. Like, why is he drastically different? I mean, I guess I realize the matchup is more difficult, but like, 
is he really that different than Nestor Cortez or Sandoval? I mean, not to mention he's not, you know, 40 times worse than Castillo, but kind of, yeah, kind of surprised that he's not getting any ownership there. Yeah, that's what I want to definitely, you know, I'm making a mental note to keep my eye on that ownership number three all the day. And uh, if that one stays where it is, I'm going to definitely hammer that in, uh, in tournaments and see if I can grab some upside. What about the bats in this one that uh, you mentioned? Like you said, the Mets didn't clinch the division, but clinched the playoff spot. So we'll see what comes out in that lineup. But any love for going to the Mets here against Ashby for whatever we get out of him and then a, a decent Brewers bullpen? Uh, nothing that really stands out to me. It is a nice positive park shift for them, but there's just so many offenses on this slate, so many good spots to get to that I don't think the Mets are going to end up really standing out. All right, and then uh, the Brewers on the other side against the pitcher that I think we both like? Um, No, not really. I mean, Carrasco has had some issues with left-handed power this year. 192 expected ISO to lefties compared to 123 to righties. You are getting a negative park shift for him as well. I guess if you wanted to make a case for like Rowdy Telez, Christian Yelich, um, you know, those guys look mm -hmm. like they're actually in pretty solid spots. And then you can always get to Adamus Renfro, but um, still not a, a priority team for me, I don't think. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't need to prioritize these guys against a, a good enough pitcher, but they are fairly cheap. So I would expect they'll probably come up at least a little bit in the process here, especially on FanDuel. I mean, a lot of these guys just in the mid-27s uh, or the mid-2000s, 27, 25 around there. So that'll be interesting to see once I start running lineups, how they start coming up. Let's take a look at a pitcher you just mentioned before, Patrick Sandoval going for the Angels. The lefty taking on the Rangers with Cole Raggins answering back another southpaw on the hill for the Angel or for the Rangers. I think the talking point here as far as pitchers go is probably Sandoval. Uh, what are you seeing for Patrick Sandoval here? Uh, yeah, he's a good strikeout pitcher. 23.6% um, strikeout percentage, 3.67 XFIP. Uh, pretty solid arm. The price tag has uh, dropped. Like he's 7,400. So that makes him really easy to get to as well. Uh, the matchup against Texas is okay. There are some strikeouts in the lineup. Obviously, some good hitters too, but um, Seeger left handed, Nate Lowe left handed, Sandoval uh, so far this year against lefties. Expected ISO below one uh, below 100. Actual ISO of 0 .009 to left-handed hitters this year. I think he's given up like one extra base hit or something insane like that. So, you know, obviously getting a little bit lucky there, but still just lights out against lefties. Uh, strikes, similar strikeout percentage against both sides of the plate, around 23.5%. So uh, just a, a solid pitcher in a good spot at what I think is kind of a broken price tag. Yeah, 7,400 on DK. Um, that's somewhat inexplicable, kind of like the ownership we were just talking about on Carrasco. There's some weird spots on this slate. He's 9,000 on FanDuel and only pulling 6.8% ownership. So I think that's another potentially interesting tournament spot where you just, you know, I pay up and I and I save on the ownership side of things. So I'm happy to pay that tax to get to an under-owned uh, Sandoval here. Uh, presumably no love for Cole Raggins. Any reason to go to Angels bats against him? Uh, grab some of the, the, the righty upside, grab some Otani. Any love for the Angels there? Yeah, I think the Angels are actually interesting here. 4.5% uh, ownership projection, 5.5% top stack percentage. This is a team that we really picked on heavily with pitching earlier in the year, but they're not as bad now. They've um, you know, kind of just gotten better hitters. You have Jared Walsh not playing because he's injured. He was striking out a ton. Uh, Renhifo has been hitting really, really well. You have a switch hitter with second base, third base eligibility. Obviously, you have two of the best hitters in baseball with Mike Trout and Shoyo Otani. Uh, Taylor Ward's reasonably priced, and then you kind of just throw in whatever other garbage you can find to round out your stack. Um, but those four, I think, are solid, especially because like Trout and Otani being so good just makes it easier to stack this team because you kind of just have to find three guys that work because you know those guys are always going to work. And uh, Cole Reagan just really hasn't 
shown anything at the major league level yet. 14.9% strikeout percentage against righties, 179 expected ISO. Uh, he's barely faced any lefties, only 61 total pitches thrown. But we know Shohei Otani hits lefties very well. Uh, so I am actually interested in the Angels here. You know, I wouldn't say like a true priority because you still have the Coors game that they're competing with. You still have the Braves against Corbin. But I do think they're going a little bit under-owned. And I think it's a pretty appealing stack. Yeah, I think it could be a little bit sneaky. Uh, Trout obviously pulling a, a decent amount of ownership at 6,300, but there's a lot of very low on cheap bats like a Joe Adele hiding there with some potential power. Like I do still believe that there's a lot of power in that bat. He just needs to make contact more frequently yeah. and uh, make more. I, I always like Adele against pitchers that don't get a lot of strikeouts and Reagan's sure. is. Yep, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Reagan's uh, over his 25 and a third pushing a uh, – 14.9% strikeout rate with a 12.3% walk. Those are two numbers that you don't want to be that close to one another and you want the strikeouts to be a lot higher. What about the Rangers going up against Sandoval? Any any reason to go to them? I have a really tough time wanting to get there. Uh, kind of surprised that their implied run totals over four, but um, Sandoval is just a pitcher that I have a lot of respect for. And like I said before, he's just giving up nothing to left-handed hitters this year. And it's a predominantly right-handed lineup, but if you're stacking Texas, like Nate Lowe and Corey Seager are two of the main pieces that are typically drawing you there. So, you know, it's not to say that, like, if you're stacking Texas, still just play them. Hope that Patrick Sandoval is just awful and you get into the bullpen or something. But uh, it, it just really makes that stack a little bit less appealing to me when two of the guys that I really want to get to are facing a guy that just doesn't give up anything in that yeah. platoon split. Yep, makes a ton of sense. I do like the idea of maybe some, you know, Josh Young in there, yep. only 2,300 still on DK at 1.1% ownership, 3,000 on FanDuel. Very, you know, high-end young bat um, in his 40 plate appearances, three home runs, 40.9% uh, hard hit, 13.6% barrel rate so far. So just finding that premium contact already at the major league level, that's appealing. But yeah, the, the fact that he's going to potentially mitigate the lefties is, is really a problem here. So uh, that's that definitely shaves them down for me. Let's talk one more, then we'll knock out another uh, couple quick plugs. We've got the Guardians with Aaron Savali on the mound going up against the White Sox with one of the pitchers we've mentioned a couple times already. Dylan Cease uh, at a price premium, 11000 on DK, 10-6 on FanDuel. Definitely not drawing the attention that Dylan Cease could potentially draw on a lot of different slates. Tough matchup for strikeouts against the Guardians. What are you seeing here with Cease, and is there any reason to consider Savali? So Cease is really interesting to me because we, we only have him projected for 7% ownership. I have a really difficult time believing that. Like, I understand why he's going to get less ownership than Castillo, Morton, Sandoval, um, probably maybe Cortez, depending on where people land on if he's limited or not. But 7% is so low when you consider how soft hitter pricing typically is. Like, there's going to be a lot of teams that you stack and you can't get the cease or you just prefer to go to Castillo-Morton. But 7% for a guy that clearly has the best strikeout stuff on the slate at 31.8%, 3.31 XFIP. Uh, it's a very difficult strikeout matchup as well. Um, so I, I guess like I don't think he should be you know, 20, 25% or anything, but 7% seems really low. I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up coming up a little bit. But if it does stay down there, then I am interested in tournaments just because you're going to get enough different lineups that you can build where you just don't have to sacrifice that much to get from Castillo to, to Cease or Morton to Cease. And while Castillo and Morton are clearly the better options when you factor in salary and all of that, you're just getting such a massive ownership discount there that I love in tournaments being able to pivot and get lower ownership by going to the best strikeout pitcher on the slate. Yeah. 
yeah, that's always a nice feature when we can get it. And at 3% ownership on the FanDuel slate, it's even more aggressive than that at 10-6. So definitely a spot I'm going to hammer in tournaments. I do expect the ownership will come up too. Like you said, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him land around the 15% range on DK and maybe, you know, 8 10% somewhere on FanDuel when it's all said and done. But definitely a spot I want to get to despite the tough matchup against the Guardians. Any I, I would, for I, I'm, I'm really confused by Sean V in chat because – He's citing the Guardians' strikeout percentage against righties at 16%, which, true, it's a very difficult strikeout matchup for Cease. But two starts ago against Cleveland, Cease scored 30 points, and normally that is all Sean V cares about. So why are we now on to what the Guardians actually do and not what they've done against Dylan Cease? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's supposed to be our answer back when he right. brings up that recent game history. Way to go, Sean. Way to, uh, to uh, cherry-pick your points. Well done. Um, so is the Savali side, was that a, a no on Savali there? Uh, yeah, I don't really have interest in Savali. 8,400 yeah. is not really a price tag I want to pay there. The White Sox offense is kind of just middle of the road, but 23% uh, strikeout percentage for Savali, 3.94 XFIP. Like, he's a decent pitcher. It's just, I think, like, he's $1,000 more expensive than, than Sandoval. He hasn't pitched in the majors since August 28th either because of a forearm injury. Uh, so not sure how... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Yeah, he got eight outs in his rehab start, so I'm not expecting him to go deep enough that I really want him here. All right. Does that lead us to uh, White Sox bats with their superstar leadoff man, Elvis Andrews? Uh, probably not. Um, that's th that offense has been really difficult for me to figure out this year. Like Same. they have so many guys that have good pedigrees, but like we're in September now and they still just haven't put it together. And then you have Elvis Andrus with no pedigree and he's <laughs> great. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but um, it, it's not an offense that I really want to get to here against the volley all that much. Yeah, it's one. I totally agree. I haven't really been able to crack them this year. I've played them a lot and just feel like they haven't really gotten there to, for me. But a lot of good hitters, like you said, in that lineup that I do like to get to. So maybe I get a little bit, but I have a, enough respect for Savali uh, for as long as he's going to be in there. Uh, what about the Guardians coming back as a contrarian option against Dylan? Well, not even that contrarian because he's not all that owned. But uh, what about the Guardians going up against these here? Yeah, I'm, I'm good there. I am kind of surprised. This is another one. They have a 3.3 implied run total. It's weird seeing a team have an implied run total against Dylan Cease that's like seven-tenths of a run higher than the team facing Cortez or, you know, the team facing Charlie Morton, which, like, I get it. Those teams are just worse than Cleveland, but it uh, just seems like a little bit inflated. Yeah, yeah, it does seem a little aggressive there, so. Definitely something to keep an eye on uh, as the day goes on. I wouldn't be surprised if we uh, see that pick up a little bit more in the uh, in the game total and go up a little there or, or uh, down rather. Um, let's take a look at another read here. That's what I was trying to find as I was talking there. 
BetMGM. We talked about this at the top of the show, you guys. Bet $10, win $200 with BetMGM if any team scores a touchdown. Presumably, you have to wait until college football. I'm not exactly sure how that part of this thing works. But you put, what you have to do is sign up at BetMGM. You put $10 on a money line, on any money line, when there's a football game going on. And if any team in any game that night scores a touchdown, you get your 200 bucks. So it's basically put $10 in, get $200 for free with BetMGM. So make sure you check out the details on when and exactly how that works with the uh, lack of football today. But that's going on over there. Killer promo from our pals at BetMGM. We're also going to talk prize picks real quick. They're our sponsor for the show today. I mentioned them up at the top. They're daily prop-based contests. It's great because you don't have to worry about sharks or optimizers or mass entries. You're not playing against somebody like Adam. You're just picking your five player lineup cards. And if you hit all five of them, it can win you up to 10 times your entry fee. It's like putting together a parlay, right? You pick five things that you like, you put it on the card and you can win up to 10 times. In this scenario with prize picks, they have setups where you can lose one of those legs. You can go four for five and you can still win a little bit of money. It's not 10X, but you can still win a little bit. You can create cross sport entry cards with multiple sports. If you like something in baseball, two or three different strikeout props, let's say in baseball. And then uh, if uh, football's going on and you like somebody for a touchdown prop, something like that, you put it all on one card, put it all together. You can click below for a hundred dollar first match deposit bonus. Uh, if you click the link down there, it'll take you over to prizepicks.com or you can download their app from the Google play uh, from the app store, any of those different things. You can put it on your phone. You can put it on anywhere. You can get to it at prizepicks.com. It's a great site, guys. Go check it out. Make sure you take advantage of that match deposit bonus for a hundred bucks. Uh, all the details in the old description down there. Hit the like and the subscribe for us on your way down to get those. We're going to talk more baseball. We've got uh, Minnesota Twins, Adam, with Dylan Bundy on the mound, taking on the Kansas City Royals with ancient Zach Grinke going here. Any love for either one of these pitchers, neither of whom is getting any public attention? No, um, I, I just don't really see it. I mean, the matchup for Bundy is okay, but 7600 you're talking about him being nine, $900 more expensive than both, $200 more expensive than Sandoval. Uh, just not a spot I really want to get to. And then on the other side, Greinke, uh, just strikeouts non-existent, difficult matchup against Minnesota. Also looks like it's supposed to be 90-something degrees in Kansas City today, so uh, sets up as a pretty favorable park to hit in. Okay, so a little bit of dog days kind of weather in uh, in KC. That could, that could be interesting for some of the bats in this game. There's decent power upside on both teams going up against pitchers who are going to be allowing plenty of contact. Neither one of these guys is aggressively bad at getting himself into trouble via the walk, but they both have inflated whips, so, I mean, they're both allowing – opportunity for run creation too so it's potentially an interesting spot for bats they're getting a little bit of attention but i think there's ways to weave in and out of some of these high ownership guys what are you doing with the two the two teams as far as uh, stacks and as far as getting to bats yeah i'm there with you i mean you look at minnesota uh the ownership coming into them nick gordon leads the way at 16 percent, but he's three thousand dollars with second base outfield eligibility he's been hitting the ball hard all season long he's been just surprisingly good much better than i expected him to be uh correa arise ursula sanchez all around 10 to 14 percent as well miranda at nine percent cave at seven um they're getting ownership but it's nothing crazy there it is interesting too um granky's actually had some reverse splits when it comes to power numbers this year i am attributing that to the fact that he's throwing his change up 30% of the time to lefties. Uh, that is a pitch that typically offsets some opposite handed power, but against righties this year, uh, 194 expected ISO 349 expected Woba sets up pretty nicely for Correa, Miranda, um, Sanchez, Ursula. And then, you know, again, Gordon's so cheap that I don't care about Zach Greinke's change up um, on the other side. Bundy's actually done a decent job limiting power this year. 
178 expected ISO to righties, 145 to lefties, but he's not striking guys out anymore. He used to be somebody that would give up power and then, especially against righties, really strike out a lot of them. Now he's not striking out anybody, um, not giving up quite as much power, but you do have a Kansas City lineup here that has plenty of power, plenty of multi-position eligibility guys, plenty of cheap bats. Uh, They're a team that I get to quite frequently. They're once again projected to go over-owned if you're looking at the top stacks tool and just looking at ownership versus top stack percentage, but they're a team where I think that's always a little bit misleading because it just becomes so easy to fit these guys into lineups that it makes their optimal lineup percentage a little bit different than their their top stack percentage is mm-hmm. because you know you have Bobby Witt as one of the highest upside third base shortstops on any slate that he's on. Melendez and Perez are two very, very high upside catchers. Dozier's not any good, but you can play him in the third base or outfield spots at 2,300. And there's not a ton of ownership coming in here. You know, Witt leads the way at 12%. Um, Melendez, Perez, Pasquantino, all around 10% as well. Um, Pasquantino's price tag still ridiculously low at 2,700. So uh, they're just another, they're, they're in the spot where they normally are. We're like, they're getting ownership. They look over-owned if you're just comparing actual top stack percentage to ownership. But when you start factoring in the positions and how flexible they are, I think it ends up coming out a lot closer to, to equal. Yeah, really like the spot. And again, it's a team that I get to a decent amount of the time as well around a lot of those guys that you mentioned, a lot of the cheaper multi-position guys agreed on Pascantino that price should be higher on FanDuel. It's only 2,400 uh, and he's only drawing 5% ownership. So I like that spot a lot. On the other side, Nick Gordon, another guy that you mentioned, cheap and multi-position on DK. I'll go you one better on FanDuel. He's a shortstop outfielder for 2,200. <laughs> yeah, that just, is just crazy. A bargain, yeah. I don't understand like- how his price tag hasn't moved at all this year. Yeah, I I mean, I guess he was 2K flat on DraftKings, but still. Yeah, but I mean, he's 384 plate appearances at this point, 276, 323, 435, eight home runs, six stolen bases, 116 WRC+. And like you said, just driving the ball, 45.3% hard hit and a 10.2% barrel. I was not expecting that contact profile from him, but it's here and it's apparently real. So Yeah, Yeah, uh, 166 ISO. I mean, obviously not great, but for a guy that weighs 160 pounds, it's pretty solid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising uh, upside from him. So yeah, definitely a, uh, a spot I think we're both going to be interested in. And like we said, you know, there's enough places where you can hide some of that ownership on the heavily owned guys like, uh, like Arias Correa and Gordon. Um, if you can get to Miranda at 8.7% ownership on DK, Gary Sanchez under 10%, those are going to help you offset. And you're getting so much savings with a lot of those cheap bats that I think both of these teams make a ton of sense to consider. So It'll be interesting to see where the field ends up coming down overall, but I'm going to definitely have some of these guys in my lineups. And if I can get to combinations of these guys with those under owned pitchers that we've talked about, I'm really liking the angle in the tournaments tonight. So should be an interesting slate from that perspective. Let's take a look at, Oh God, I forgot about Coors Field. Let's take a look at Coors Field. The thing that's going to screw up the entire slate, in my opinion, that uh, I hate Coors Field, but we got to deal with it. Uh, bullpen game for the Giants. Looks like John Brebby is going to be opening it up. Kyle Freeland on the bump for the uh, Rockies, a lefty. Any love for Freeland, um, guy who can be serviceable from time to time, I guess, but pitching in Coors Field? No, I mean, whenever Freeland pitches, like from a DFS standpoint, unless it's a really short slate or something, for me, it's always more about, like you, like you said, he can be serviceable and he's not like a total gas can. Like whenever Urania pitches or whenever Cool pitches, it's like, yeah, obviously they're capable of having good games, but I'm pretty confident going in the offenses against them. Freeland, it's always just like, all right, I'll be a little bit less surprised if this doesn't work, but uh, still no interest in getting him in DFS, especially at 6,800. It's, it's, I mean, it's cheap, but it's not like uh, you're getting some substantial discount on him. 
Yeah. Yeah. And even if he was cheaper, I just, you know, it's not, it, you, yeah. you'd be attacking a big swath of the field, I guess, that are rostering giants bats, which we're going to dive into right now, but I just don't see it. I don't think you can get that upside game. And there's too many good pitchers in much, much better spots. They need yep. to go to Coors Field. So let's talk about the giants. They're still remarkably cheap on both sites for a Coors Field game. They're getting tons and tons of attention. Do you like this team and how important is it to roster guys who are actually starting the game, which I like. <laughs> uh, apparently not very, but um... <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Giants. 5.8 implied run total, you know, modest, I guess, for cores, but still it's cores. Uh, you have a lot of cheap bats here. One thing I will note with the Giants, and I don't really know what to do with what I'm about to say, but the we, we keep projecting the really cheap road team in cores to be, like, massively popular, like, way more than anybody else, and it keeps not happening. Um, I think a, a lot of that can probably just be attributed to the field these days is sharp enough that enough of them start moving away from the giants that it evens mm -hmm. out. But like we saw it again yesterday where you had these really cheap giants bats and granted their lineup wasn't out before lock, but I, I don't think that's going to have that much of an impact. And they were like similarly owned to the Braves across the board. Um, so that is one thing just to keep in mind. They are going to be the most popular team or around there. I just don't think that they're twice as popular as whoever the next teams are. You know, like right now we have the giants at 22%. We have Atlanta and Minnesota each at 10%. I don't think it ends up being that big of a gap. So that's just one thing to keep in mind. Um, they are still going to be popular though. I mean, directionally, I think it's going to be correct. It's just that um, I, we, we continue to see sort of the actual ownership come in a little bit lower there. Uh, so yeah. it does make me a little bit less hesitant to get to them. Freeland also really weird splits this year. Typically in the past, he's been really good against lefties uh, last year. He had a 103 expected ISO against lefties going back from 20, the start of 2023, the end of last year. He was at 143. This year, um, 259 expected ISO to lefties. I don't really know what is going on there. 403 expected Woba. 156 expected ISO to righties, 328 to, to um, 328 expected Woba. So all of that is kind of just the, the overarching thing here is, you know, it's a cheap road team in cores. I don't really care what numbers I'm about to read off from Kyler Freeland. But mentioning the numbers against lefties, we don't know what lineup the Giants are going to go with. I assume they'll go with a right-handed heavy lineup. But whatever lefties are in this lineup, I wouldn't really shy away from them either. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a high, high expected ISO. I didn't uh, I hadn't spotted that. So definitely something to keep an eye out. The projected lineup right now is just all right handed hitters except for Brandon Crawford. But yeah, that's that's a good call. If that changes up and uh, you get some sneaky lefties in there, you might be able to uh, to get some some under owned uh, bats. You mentioned, you know, you don't necessarily know what to do yet with uh, with that ownership. And you kind of said it, um, I forget exactly how you phrased it, but it wasn't that it's going to draw you to it necessarily, but you were saying like you wouldn't shot, you wouldn't run away from it as much. Do you think that it's going to pull you into grabbing a few more shares of the giants than you otherwise would have? Or is it just kind of a, I'm not going to run away from it. Yeah, it's more, I'm not going to run away from it. Um, also with it being an 11 game slate, you know, ownership, it still matters, but you're not going to get, you know, those 40, 50% on hitters where it's just like, all right, I'm not playing this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, it was just more of like, I guess just be aware of it. And again, like I don't have a good way to adjust for it because I don't want to just start manually looking at ownership and slashing stuff. But keep in mind, you know, if you are building lineups and you see that you're like jamming in Atlanta and fading the Giants, there's a really good chance you're going to end up being disappointed with how ownership works out. Makes sense. Makes sense. What about on the other side of this one? The other team that you know goes pretty underowned a lot of the time, also playing in cores, the Rockies. A lot of single digit ownership on this team on DK, decent amount of single digit ownership. Actually, a lot of single digit ownership on FanDuel as well. Um, going up against the bullpen here for the Giants. Is there any reason for them to be that underowned comparatively? It's not like they're expensive, really. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting spot for them because it's like they're expensive compared to the Giants, but they're not expensive right. for a team in Coors Field. Uh, CJ Crone's 5,600. He's the only guy in their projected lineup above 5K. Ryan McMahon's been leading off. He has he has multi-position eligibility. That makes him really appealing. Um, Michael Toglia has power and multi-position eligibility, and he's a switch hitter. And he's 3,500. Like, he's somebody that I just really like getting to pretty much all the time. If you're stacking the Rockies, I mentioned it yesterday and it didn't really come through, but Alan Trejo at the bottom of the order just never gets ownership. He has some power for a nine hitting shortstop. Um, so it, it's not as appealing a team just because the, the salaries aren't quite as cheap as the Giants. And outside of a few names, you know, you're not really excited about getting to these guys on the Rockies. But I don't think they should be getting half the ownership of Minnesota and the Braves, much less you know, a quarter of the ownership of San Francisco, even a third of the ownership of San Francisco, if you assume that the Giants come in around like 15% instead of 22. Yeah, it's kind of the angle I've been trying to take into Coors a lot of the time this year is just playing the under-owned home team. And uh, it hasn't really worked, I wouldn't say, but I, I have faith in that concept. So I'll be going back here. I like all the bats that you named. Togley, especially 40.5% uh, hard at 10.8% barrel rate in his 62 plate appearances so far. Hasn't translated into a ton of hit skill, but two home runs and a 207 ISO, so he's making contact he's probably driving the ball so i like that spot yeah and uh, i was just kind of talking about it in chat too um the typical caveat with the giants too especially when they face a left-handed pitcher there's going to be pinch hitters in this game almost certainly um, i'm always a little bit more cautious with them against lefties just because um you you have more right-handed relievers in the bullpen according to the uh, baseball press site the rockies have zero lefties in their bullpen so once freeland gets out of this game you're getting right-handed arms from the Rockies and you're going to probably start seeing, you know, Yastrzemski, Gonzalez, these guys coming off the bench. So um, Austin Slater, JD Davis, Brinson, if he's in the lineup, I would think are the top three candidates to not be playing at the end of the game. Um, but also back to the point about lefties, whatever lefties start this game, obviously just have zero pinch hit risk because they're starting against the lefty and then they're just getting righties after that. Makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, that's yet another reason to maybe float those lefties if we get a few of them in that starting lineup, float them up a little bit. So uh, three games left, 10 minutes on the board. We can do that pretty easily, but we are going to skip the slideshow for the Stochastic Hall of Fame, Ty, but I'll talk about it real quick. You guys out there have probably seen it a bunch of times. You watch all our shows. You hit the thumbs up for all our shows, and you hang out with us all the time. So if you want to get into that slideshow that we're not showing, if you want to get yourself, more importantly, a free month of access to Stochastic, tweet us when you win. If you come in the top three in a contest that has more than 5,000 entries in it, you can send that screenshot to us. You get a free month. We put you in the Hall of Fame. You get praised on these shows. You get shout outs. You get all kinds of love from everybody. And let me tell you, it feels good when you win. And it feels good for us, too, on nights when I'm not winning. I don't know about you, Adam, but I love seeing screenshots from our people, you know, whether it's people who work here, whether it's people that I know from the subscriber base. It's just a great feeling helping people win and, and seeing that. No, you shouldn't. No, it just pisses me off even more. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. I appreciate it. I appreciate it a few days later. Um, <laughs> I, I don't appreciate it in the, in the heat of the moment. Not in the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fair. So that's the stochastic Hall of Fame gang. Get yourselves in there. Get yourselves a, a free month. If you, uh, if you qualify, let's move on to the next game here. We've got uh, St. Louis Cardinals with a pitcher that I'm somewhat interested in. And again, not drawing any kind of ownership, 8,800 on FanDuel 0.5% owned Adam Wainwright, 9,400.5% owned on DK taking on Mike Clevenger. Cheap prices on Mike Clevenger. I haven't gotten to a ton of Clevy this year. Um, the strikeouts haven't really been there. So I'm curious to see where you're coming down on Clevenger. And then what do you think of Adam Wainwright going up against this Pirates team? I have no idea what to make of Clevenger this year. I mean, he's just falling off of a cliff. 20% strikeout percentage, 4.77 XFIP, 1.7 um, home runs per nine. 
there's just nothing really that looks appealing for him. And this is somebody that I used to really, really like as a pitcher. I used to roster a lot of him. I think it's really tough to get to him here. One, because he's just been bad all year. And two, it, it's a very difficult matchup with the Cardinals as well. Uh, not a lot of strikeouts, a lot of just good hitters in that lineup. And then similarly on the other side, I think it's pretty tough to get to Wainwright on the slate against the Padres because you just have a lineup that is pretty tough to strike out. You have a lot of good hitters. Wainwright's a good pitcher, but he's also not a great strikeout pitcher. Yeah. Only an 18.5% strikeout percentage. You compare it to some of the options around him and like obviously he's not getting much ownership at all. He's getting like 1%. So it's a situation where, you know, if you were to offer me 60 to one or 50 to one odds on Castillo or Morton versus Wainwright, I'm taking Wainwright every time. But since you have multiple roster positions to find low owned plays, you don't need to just be jamming Wainwright in over those guys, even if the math works out between them. Um, so at best, you know, I think Wainwright's somebody where if you have like the chalkiest lineup imaginable, maybe instead of playing Castillo, play Wainwright. But uh, more often than not, I'm just going to end up not really getting there because it just becomes so difficult to justify going to Wainwright for more money than Castillo or Morton when he's facing the Padres and those guys are in good matchups with better strikeouts, though. Yeah, so so where I'd be getting to Wainwright, obviously, you know, for my purposes on the FanDuel slate, 8,800, he does drop below some of those other guys salary-wise. And he projects out somewhat similarly for me for like, uh, like Sandoval, for example. So as a, as a potential, uh, you know, alternative to him and not like Sandoval was getting high ownership. So it would just be a spot where I'm putting a couple shares of Wayno in, but yeah, if he's 0.5 and I'm 5%, you know, I'm only talking about a handful of lineups and, uh, and I'll fire away with a couple shots with Wayno. What about bats in this one? Uh, any reason to go to Cardinals bats? You mentioned, you know, Clevy definitely giving up a bunch of home runs this year, not pitching like himself. Um, so does that lead you into Cardinal stacks? They're not getting any kind of attention. I kind of like the Cardinals, given that they're not getting any ownership. Um, working against them is that, one, you have Coors Field, and then, two, you have other good offenses in good spots that are just not getting that much ownership because of Coors Field. And then, three, you have a 70-degree day in San Diego, so the ball's probably not really going to carry. But a 228 expected ISO to lefties from Clevenger this year really stands out. Only 139 to righties. The best hitters in the Cardinals lineup are right-handed, but Goldschmidt and Arenado are so good that I'm not really concerned about the splits. If you get Dickerson in the lineup, that's a cheap source of power. Tommy Edmonds really expensive, so that's disappointing. Um, so I think ultimately this is going to end up being a spot where I like the idea of the Cardinals more than I like actually putting them in lineups and playing them. Um, but you know, if you can build lineups that you like with the Cardinals, I do think it's an interesting spot at no ownership. Yeah, it's one that I'm going to have to probably do the same thing like you're suggesting, you know, maybe give it a little bit of, uh, of manual work to force some of them in because I do like the spot. It's just the way that some of their pricing falls uh, today. It, I'm not sure how it'll come up naturally with some of these projections that I'm getting for some of the right-handed hitters. So we'll see where they come in, but I do like getting to them. And then if you get like a Gorman in the lineup, you've got Brendan Donovan in there, who's been a little bit frisky as a lefty and he's very cheap multi-position on uh, FanDuel 2,900 second base and shortstop. So there's some interesting spots in that lineup to tinker with around the big right-handed bats. So it's one I'll definitely at least try and get myself to. What about the pods against Wayno here? Yeah, kind of the same same thing. You know, I think Wainwright's certainly having a better year from a run prevention standpoint than Clevenger is, but the Padres are a talented offense that aren't getting ownership. Um, I like the idea of, are they even in our top? Oh, they're there. Yeah. Just not getting ownership 1%, um, 2% chance of being the top stack. So like, I like the idea of just getting to these hitters that are so good at low ownership, but the problem is uh, for one, you know, not favorable hitting conditions, relatively tough matchup, but they're also pretty expensive, which is the same thing with the Cardinals. So not only are you, getting to a team in a relatively low probability spot from a matchup standpoint, but then you're also sacrificing to do it because you're going to be going up against these teams, you know, like, uh, you know, like giant stacks or, or Rocky stacks or, you know, 
Brave stacks if you're mixing in some of the bottom of the order guys where the one-offs and the pitching are really good. Um, when you talk about the Padres, you're going to be giving up some of that just to get to a matchup against Adam Wainwright. So it ends up being a situation where like the ceiling is certainly there. The ownership is not, but I probably just have lineups that are still contrarian that I get to before the Padres. Yep, I agree with that take. So uh, let's move on. We are uh, about uh, four minutes left, two games to go through, but this one's going to be, I think, pretty quick. Luis Castillo is going to tear through this athletics lineup, in my opinion. Makes a lot of sense, getting a ton of ownership at good prices. J.P. Sears on the other side, I don't need him against this Mariners team. I might grab some Mariners bats against him. I don't need athletics bats. Do you see it any differently? Nope, same boat. Castillo is really good. A's really bad. Park's good for pitching. Uh, 27.5% strikeout percentage for Castillo is third behind Cease and Morton. 3.18 xFIP. Uh, really, really like Castillo. The price tag is a joke here. So uh, he looks really good. No reason to get to the, the A's bats for me. No reason to get to JP Sears. The Mariners look fine. The park sucks for hitting, so that's going to knock me off of them a bit. Looks like it's supposed to be like 68 degrees as well. Um, they're not getting much ownership. Sears has a lot of 206 expected ISO to righties this year. There's certainly upside to be had, but uh, the park mostly, I think, is going to keep it from being much of a priority for me. Julio Rodriguez, Mitch Hanniger, Ty France would be the top three guys for me. Yeah, yeah. Some of those good righty bats in that lineup, I I can definitely get to. Um, and yeah, Castillo, do, do you think you're going to be above or below the 60% projected ownership on Castillo and BK? Uh, I would guess below just because 60% is a massive number, but a lot of it's really going to come down to what I do with offenses. Like if I'm not playing the Giants and not playing the Braves, then I'm just naturally going to get more Castillo. If I'm jamming in the Giants, I'm naturally going to get less Castillo. So it kind of just works in conjunction with everything else. Makes sense. Makes sense. And that brings up a good point. You know, all of these questions are relative to everything else that's going on on the field. That's something I try and answer back to, uh, to folks who ask us, you know, individual 1v1 type questions all the time. But we don't have time to talk about that. What we've got time to talk about is the Diamondbacks versus Dodgers game. Dre Jamison going for the Diamondbacks. Tyler Anderson answering back for the Dodgers. Anderson getting a little bit of attention, but not much. Dre not getting anything. Is it Dre Day or is it forgot about Dre Day? Yeah, uh, probably forgot about Dre Day, but if you were going cheap, I don't hate the idea of getting to him. He is a fully stretched out starter. He is a highly regarded prospect. Obviously, the matchup is absolutely brutal. But when you look at the cheap pitching options, and we've talked about Austin Voth being solid, um, and I don't have any issues with him at 6,700, but like I would rather take a chance on Jamison than Sears or Reggins or Freeland or Wentz or Granke or Corbin. Like All of these guys that just you know are in bad spots and or suck, at least Jamison doesn't suck. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so I, I, I probably won't get there. You know, he jumped up to 6,100 after being 4K flat last time out. But there's at least, you know, some some talent there uh, as opposed to a bunch of washed up veterans. Yeah, yeah. Brutal, brutal matchup. Definitely some talent. Uh, it would be nice if he was at that 4,000 price again. I think he'd be even more viable and maybe, maybe somewhat interesting. But yeah, a little bit of a risky spot against the Dodgers. What about Dodgers bats going against him? Obviously, all-star caliber team uh, up and down the lineup. Yeah, 7.5% um, projected ownership for the Dodgers I think is pretty appealing. I don't love the matchup because I do think Jamison's talented, but at the same time, you're talking about somebody making his second major league start. Um, he wasn't very good at AAA this year, which you can attribute a lot of that to pitching in Reno, pitching in the PCL. Um, I don't expect him I, – I expect his numbers in the majors really to be better than they were at AAA, but um, it's still, you know, you're going up against this loaded Dodgers team. So assuming that they run an actual lineup out there, um, I – do you think the Dodgers make some sense in tournaments? Makes a lot of sense. Uh, any love for the D-backs on the other side or Tyler Anderson pitching for the uh, Dodgers? Uh, not really much interest in either side. I think Anderson's a decent enough pitcher, but not a great strikeout pitcher, not a great strikeout matchup against Arizona. Um, 
Anderson does have a lot of righties that he's going to be going up against here. I think Christian Walker uh, individually at that price tag makes some sense, but there's just so many bats on this slate that uh, Arizona is not really standing out for me. Yeah, same here, and uh, no real love for that uh, that team anyway. So when I can avoid them uh, logically, I kind of do. So that's going to bring us to the end of the show, you guys. Adam, killer job. That was awesome. We flew through that, and uh, we'll be back later in the day for the deeper dive and live before lock. Adam's going to be doing the deeper dive with Josh at 445. I'll be back with Greg at 6 o'clock. But before that, we've got the NFL Strategy Show first look coming up next at 11 o'clock. That's going to be uh, Lafayette and Ben talking taking you through the entire nfl slate for this weekend so make sure you're tuning in for that guys hit the like hit the subscribe we appreciate you hanging out with us we are out of here